0: Welcome to our next episode of one cardinal one cub and one beer and as you can see there is going to be no cub this week so the do not tell me ferguson jenkins we all know it's fergie jenkins okay there's no <laughs> cup this week we're taking the week off um i do want you to uh make sure that you like us on facebook contact us through one card one cup one beer at gmail.com you can support our efforts through Patreon go to patreon.com search one cardinal one cup and one beer and uh for as little as three dollars a month you can support our efforts and uh allow us i look at us we are blingless is bling
1: still a word i, I don't you, know i don't know either i'm not cool enough to know that i'm old and white suck uh, suck so i never anyway. had bling never had bling
0: <laughs> uh update on uh Guess the cubby uh mike marianello Guess the cubby last week who was doug capella very obscure very good job mark I, I didn't know who now has uh six tallies tom Mache has two kudor has one and mike buchanan has one and remember you are trying to accumulate tallies until the end of spring training so you can have a prize package that includes some official one cardinal, one cup, and one beer gear and two tickets to a game either in Wrigley or at Bush. And I do want to remind you, we do not provide housing and transportation. So <laughs> That's right. So I, you can tell me you want to go to San Diego to a game. If I can find the tickets within our budget, I'll give you the tickets and you find your way there. Yeah. Uh, do all that crap. So, and also, uh if you want to be a contestant on one of our trivia contests, or yeah. if you want to be a guest on a panel, if you have something interesting, baseball-related topic that you are educated on, like our guest Brent Kohlenberger, is going to have a, in a little bit, uh, drop us an email, DM, or comment, or you know, just talk to us some way. Say, hey, I'd really like to do your show because we like getting guests. Um, But it's really cool, especially for the panels, when we have people who are actually fans of the show to get on the panel and show us uh, all the uh, information that you know. So, J.J., how was your week?
1: You know, I always say the same thing, fantastic, but it was a good week. Vince, last week we were talking about an ice storm. Today we're talking about 50 degrees, and it's here at the end of January. What are you doing? You ain't barbecuing yet, are you? No. No, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah. We're uh, just making it through it. Uh, We got a week off from football next weekend, this coming, and then the Super Bowl. And to me, that's fine. But three days later, baseball starts. That's The pitchers and and catchers. And Vince, I always, uh, I know this kind of sounds crazy, but when I go to the grocery store and get groceries, if the if the outdated date on the milk is past break training starts, I get excited. I'm like, yeah! And my wife, uh, she has to put up with me.
2: Um, so uh,
1: she'll eventually put me in a home. I know that. Maybe sooner than later. <laughs> <laughs> but it's coming, and uh, I always like watching the local news because they always send somebody down there to cover the team, and you can hear the 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 ball smacking the glove and the crack of a bat, and we're sitting here and it'll probably be about 30 degrees and it's 65 and overcast. And you see the palm trees. And, uh, I know the Cardinals were down in Florida, but the Cubbies always go to Arizona. You have you ever been down there for spring training?
0: No, I've only been to Arizona once in my whole life. That was 30 some odd years ago. So been a long time. So I
1: I haven't been out there for baseball Florida. I've been to, and it's, uh, Pretty cool because you can set your week up and see the Astros one day, go over and see the Tigers. They're in a town called Lakeland and uh, there's a little church that I always park at when I go see the Tigers play and uh, all the money goes to their food pantry in the area. It's fantastic. And they sell hot dogs and hamburgers and soda and all that over there for next to nothing compared to the ballpark prices. So they have little picnic tables, get there early. And uh, the Tigers are one of my favorite uh, ballparks to go to the Mets, the Cardinals uh, the Cardinals and the Marlins play each other like three times a week because we share a ballpark down there. But uh, if you get a chance, do it. Uh, you go to the ballpark, you never know who you're going to see what players are playing uh, early. They only play a couple of innings, but you go in there and they have a big, uh, like a grease pinned lineup and all the old timers are sitting there and they're all talking about the up and coming players and, um, I know, uh, I think when I saw the Tigers, uh, Verlander pitched a couple of innings that day. So that was pretty cool. So anyway, good chance I, to go down there. I've been to
0: Florida a few times. I, my daughter used to live down there. I'm just not a Florida person. It feels like, I don't feel like I'm on land. I feel like I'm in a sandbar <laughs> surrounded by ocean.
1: That's- <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: And I've I've been to Cocoa Beach and I've been to Clearwater. So I've been on both sides and I've been in Orlando and Kissimmee everywhere in between. And it just it just that's not my vibe. Especially riding, uh doing the tour of uh Cape Canaveral. Oh yeah. Have you ever done that?
1: No. No, I've been by there, but I've never oh done that. Oh my the gosh. Tour.
0: We must have passed 20 alligators on the streets. I'm like, if this bus breaks down. That's what they're waiting for. A bunch (laughs) of tourists to break down on the bus and they're going to eat us up like popcorn because that's how alligators think. (laughs) Well, that's
1: a, that's a bad equation there. Alligators and old retirees. That's not a good uh, chance of survival there.
0: Yeah. 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 So, so I, I'd much rather go to Arizona. In fact, uh, I, my dream has always been to retire to Flagstaff uh beautiful temperate climate there you go south you're in the desert you can go to Sedona Phoenix you go north it's the Grand Canyon you know it's just just kind of a hub there you know and I I would because this is the nerdy side of me uh the weird side of me I guess as my (laughs) wife would say it's all the weird side of me but I would Really love to go visit Roswell, New Mexico. Just to, oh yes. Just that hang out there with I've never them, been there. having fun with their alien celebrations and stuff. So. <laughs> so
1: they uh one thing about Arizona that's great is the people who went have told me uh you can go from team to team within 15 miles of each other. They're all close. Florida's everything's all stretched out. You got Jupiter down at the bottom. And then you've got uh, teams on the golf side, like you mentioned, Clearwater, and I know the Blue Jays are over there in the golf side. And then, so you got to travel a lot when you go to Florida. But in Arizona, everything's so close. So one day I'll make it there.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, like I've said before, I'm, I like going to games, but I am, I would much rather watch a game on a TV. I like the close-up. I like the shots. I can. I feel like I can really. It's a different vibe when you're mm-hmm. at the game. You smell the popcorn. You 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 know have the crowd around you. That's a cool vibe too. But you you can't you know, you can't tell was that a breaking ball? Was that this? Was that that? You know the kind of stuff that really charged me up. <laughs> JJ, I don't know if you saw, but uh, former Major League manager Jimmy Williams passed away at the age of eighty. Yeah. He uh managed Toronto, Boston, and Houston. I didn't realize this. He won nearly a thousand games as a manager.
1: I didn't know that either.
0: Um, I guess because he he always managed, like somewhere else. I never thought of him as a long-term manager, but when I started looking at it, wow, he managed uh, he managed a long time and uh you know had some good teams in uh Toronto and Boston and Houston and racked up a lot of wins and you just don't hear about him much. I do remember when I think his first managerial job was in Toronto when I was a young okay. man teenager young man around that somewhere around that age and i remember thinking that jimmy williams the toy cannon was oh, was yeah. the new manager oh then yeah stop picture and said they nah, look a little that. different yeah <laughs> so but anyway I, I,
1: uh, I uh i back then we didn't get to see the games and there was teams we didn't even except this week in baseball and a few highlights that's all we ever seen of them And I only remember him managing the Toronto Blue Jays. That's where I kind of got to know him and his baseball card. But, uh, man, I didn't know a 1,000 wins. That's fantastic. Yeah. No clue.
0: Well, uh, let's go through some transactions. Uh, There's about a million of them.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's starting to pick up. It's picking up, Vince.
0: Yeah, but I'm only going to give the ones that have some name recognition or connections. The uh, Angels have been busy all offseason and they have quietly strung together, I will say, an interesting team. Um, They signed a right handed reliever, closer, Robert Stevenson, left handed pitcher who has done some closing, Matt Moore, second baseman, former Royal Hunter Dozier, they've signed, and they've also signed former Yankee Aaron Hicks. So Otani leaving, I thought maybe they would, you know, kind of go young, but they seem to be signing a lot of veterans. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying they're going to compete or anything. I'm saying it's an interesting team. And how can I put this and still run for office? I don't think Artie Moreno, uh, who who was it last week? Of? Uh, Was it Ray? for uh, Phil, who said that he was not appreciative, was not a I fan think, of the I think it was
1: Phil. I think was Phil was talking about that.
0: Yeah, I, it, this it kind of makes no sense. That's why I'm saying. It's an, it's my nice way of saying, this is weird. Uh, the Yankees signed catcher Luis Torrens uh, to a minor league deal. And the only reason why I brought this up is because the Cubs signed him last year. He actually opened... Uh, The season on the roster as our third catcher, and he just did not, I think, like a month into the season, he only had like 15, 20 at-bats, and he's a power hitter, and he's got to get some at-bats, so we finally just cut him loose because we didn't have anything to do with him, so um, I'm curious if the Yankees are going to keep him around because he does have some offense goalie uh the Rangers signed first baseman Jared Walsh Walsh third baseman Matt Duffy uh, they re-signed center fielder Travis Jankowski who I'm a big fan of uh, right-handed pitcher Dave Roberson uh, who uh pitched for the uh, Cubs uh did some closing for the Cubs and then they traded uh center fielder JP Martinez to the Braves for right-handed pitcher Tyler Owens So the Rangers aren't sitting on their hands. They're trying to improve themselves and uh, making a concerted effort to repeat. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, Dodgers signed uh, left-handed pitcher T.J. McFarland, right-handed pitcher Daniel Hudson, former Cub, and left-handed pitcher James Paxton. So uh, they're trying to uh, load up on the arms. And I guess they're not going to re-sign Kershaw i I was looking at the free agent look he's just sitting there and you don't hear anything about him, and I know that that playoff game was a real tragedy, you know, um, but the season as a whole he had a good season, yes, he did, so oh, um,
1: hey, Chicago, yeah, I was thinking St Louis too, Guys. yeah. We like to get the older guys. Come on over Hey, hang on with the old-timers.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: there you go. White Sox signed right-handed pitcher John Brevia And where do I know that name from?
2: Hmm.
1: Hmm. What am I thinking of? I, I, I Did he pitch for the Cardinals? Cardinals? I, briefly. If he did, it was briefly.
0: Hmm. Well, now he's going to the White Sox, so he's shirt. Sure. Yeah, it might as well be going into the witness protection
1: program. So. <laughs> He's on the Tony Larusa trail. I'm gonna yeah. play for all the teams Larusa managed.
0: Yeah, you know what? This is, <laughs> I, I should do comedy again. Just for one night to do this joke, you know. You should. Uh, the baseball fans, you know. <laughs> yeah. You uh turn state seven as they put you in the witness protection program, or you become a member of the White Sox. It's all <laughs> just <laughs> effective. So I had better jokes than that people.
1: Didn't he comment. did. He's very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: Brewers signed first baseman Reese Hoskins, so that puts the beds to rumors that the Cubs are gonna sign him. Um that also makes the Brewers uh gives him some thumb to replace Rowdy toles Um uh, it's a bit of a gamble being Hoskins was out all year long. So you never know. JJ, does this seem weird to you? The national sign, Joey Gallo. Well,
1: when's the last time he had a productive season? It was always potential when he was younger. And that year, I think it was like four years ago with the Rangers. It looked like he was about to take that next step, but he strikes out too much. He's got great power. I wish him well, but he's over 30 now. And I I don't
0: know. Yeah, and, and the Nationals aren't going anywhere. I'm like, that, that just seemed like a strange signing. I do like this. Uh, the Diamondbacks signed Jock Peterson. So, uh,
1: okay.
0: uh, Tommy Pham uh, right. <laughs> on the market uh, again. Uh, so, uh, uh, I guess Peterson's going to get a lot of time in center field. Um, and... Uh, I don't think he'll play against left handed pitching, but he's going to get a lot of at bats for the Diamondbacks. Uh, The Royals have been busy all winter long. They signed second baseman Adam Frazier. Uh, Then they traded uh, Samad Taylor uh, to Seattle for a player to be named later or Cash.
1: Cash. Visiting that
0: again. Uh, This surprised me. The Twins traded shortstop Jorge Polanco to Seattle for Anthony Discofine, uh, who uh, I guess Seattle got like after the season, so he didn't even pitch for Seattle, and then some uh, some other minor leaguers. But Polanco has had two healthy seasons in his career, All-Star one year, hit 20-some-odd home runs, drove in like 98. Another year, he hit like 30-some-odd home runs. So if he's healthy, he's a good piece. But like last year, he played 80 games. He had 14 home runs, drove in like 50-some-odd runs. So half a season, he produced the, gosh, I hope he can stay on the field. Um, Seattle's
1: real desperate for some bats. they got all those arms and maybe like two really strong bats in their lineup. So uh he'll get some he'll, if he's healthy, he'll get some playing time and be right in the middle of that lineup. But that's a that's a gamble right there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh yeah, the twins uh obviously have a whole of pitching staff being uh the Cardinals stole their ace. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well Manetta, uh Minata, he's he left too. They they've lost a couple of their top pitchers yeah. too. So they got some yeah. replacing to do. Thank God
0: they're in the central. Yeah, that's right. We all got a chance. <laughs> so uh Justin Turner, he uh signed today with the uh Blue Jays.
1: Oh so Chapman's not coming back then. What's uh, that? Chapman he hasn't signed with anybody. I guess he's not coming back. Well
0: Turner barely played any third base last year. He's 40 years old oh, now. He's a DH he now. DH first baseman mostly. I think he played less than two okay. games in third, so Okay. Uh, yeah, there was some rumblings. You know, do Cubs want to pick him up for a third base? No. <laughs> no. This his third day third base days are over. So that's uh that's kind of the transactions. And I I like the stuff is happening and it's taking people off the board so I get a clearer vision of who's left because in the muck, I had forgotten Clayton Kershaw is still out there.
1: Still like, out there. Come on, man. He Pitching might be f- <laughs> he might be fired up too if he doesn't get go back with the Dodgers and oh, show yeah. what they missed. That could be big. Well, you didn't mention uh if you want to start cubby news, the Cubs had a transaction in particular. You might want to all right. Talk yeah, let's about.
0: go ahead and do cubby news. Uh we signed right-handed pitcher veteran Hector Neris one year, 9 million with this option for the second year and i was talking last week about our closing situation alzali closed last year i have nothing against him it's just that i see him more as an eighth inning guy and i like to see someone who can come in there and really throw some nasty stuff and i was talking about luke little who of all of our relief arms he's got the nastiest stuff now is he a closer? we don't know i mean he he's got like seven big league innings under his belt. So, um, but he's got like 12 strikeouts with that. So we did, uh, get another hard thrower, a late inning guy. So now we've got, uh, I'm starting to get excited about the bullpen cause we've got Naris Um, we have Al's Um, we have, uh, Luke little, who I'm very high on Merriweather who ha- had a heck of a year last year out of the pen for us. Uh, Lighter, who uh, last year was really good until I think he just got tired at the end of August.
1: I, I think so, too. Um,
0: and uh, not only did we sign Hector Neris, but we uh, invited Carl Edwards Jr. to camp.
1: Oh, and I thought Carl about.
0: Edwards Jr. was probably 37, 38. He's only 32. Wow, he, was, he was a vital part of our 2016 team that won the World Series. In fact, he started that 10th inning uh, to close the game, he got the first two outs, and I don't remember how the two guys got on, if they walked or gave up a hit. I think gave up a hit, maybe a walk. And then we brought in Mike Montgomery, and Mike Montgomery actually closed that seventh game of the World Series. Wow. You know how many saves Mike Montgomery had for the Cubs in 2016?
1: No. one, zero, zero, Zero. Oh.
0: Zero. Until the World Series. Until
1: the World Series. Oh. I be darned. But
0: anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the bullpen. I'm happy about the starting rotation. I still want to see someone uh, to come in here and be that middle guy in the rotation. Um, Kershaw, <laughs> maybe uh, that maybe. middle guy, in the rotation I, Montgomery's still out there. Uh, yeah. I don't want Snell. Uh, and then there's always the rumors, you know, that, uh, um, um, Cleveland's just an open market, but I guess they're asking prices pretty high.
1: So, I heard there's another Japanese pitcher who threw a perfect game and almost had a second perfect game, but they took him out in the eighth inning. So he almost had back to back perfect games. And I think there's talk of him. And he's young, real young guy. But maybe it's next year he's coming, but I think he's going to be coming as a free agent here very soon as well. So uh, I don't know. And... A little, uh, you know. Um, I remember when Mariano Rivera was; they thought this guy might have the stuff. His first year, he was the eighth inning guy, and John Wetland was the closer. So maybe Little will be like that, you know, the closer in training, but the with the eighth or seventh inning spot. So, man, your bullpen looks fantastic. It's kind of getting scary over there in cub land for us.
0: Well, and what's what's really exciting is that. I, I hate to crap on the guy because I, I loved him as a player and I love him as a person, but there were some questionable things with uh, Ross, as far as handling the bullpen. And that is what council does is handle yes. pitching staffs and bullpen. Um, and I mean, he's making the playoffs with the Brewer team that, you know, some years had almost no offense. and. Jeez. There it was right there. Uh, last, uh, last bit of cub news. Uh, that's, that's really only for the real nerdy cub people. Um, the cubs have, uh, someone's announced or it's got out or something. Um, Owen Casey, who's one of our top prospects who played in double a big kid, a ton of power. Uh, we got him in the U Darvish deal. Um, he will be playing triple a this year he played for team Canada in the world baseball classic hit a home run in the world baseball classic um he's been a corner outfielder and they're going to be working him out at first base so um I I like what we have as far as uh trading for Michael Bush from the Dodgers who's going to be our first baseman this year um Mervis is still in the picture. Now Casey's in the picture as a first baseman. So we're developing some options. And of course, if we sign Bellinger, and I was talking to JJ before, it looks from all the rumors, we're the only team that's really interested in him. So if we do sign Bellinger, he can play center or first. So that's that's awesome. Excuse me. Uh JJ, what's going on? in Cardinal
1: news. Well, you know, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty right before spring training starts. Cardinals did make a couple of moves. One, uh, we signed a guy named Josh James. He was in the Houston Astro organization uh, to a minor league contract. He's 30 years old. He's appeared in 87 games for the Astros out of their bullpen from 2018 to 2021. He's coming off an injury. But, uh, you know, a lot of these guys uh pitchers the way they throw today you a lot almost what half the leagues had tommy john surgery at one time or another so uh we're going to give him a chance we got, we're got we inviting a lot of people to spring training a lot of jobs up for grabs and uh, we'll see the front end of that bullpen we got a lot of young guys that may be starters one day um but uh anyway he's going to be on the team and he had a flexor uh tendon surgery uh last year so he's coming off that uh surgery and uh we have um uh anyway he's on the team and then just today the cardinals DFA'd Moises uh Gomez uh off he was a guy that was fantastic power in the minor leagues uh, sometimes he was uh one time he split the minor league player of the year as far as in the cardinal organization with Jordan Walker one year uh had a ton of home runs but just the problem was the guy just struck out way too much. And as he advanced through the minor leagues, it just got striking out more and more and more. Uh, Batting average kept going down. Uh, he got a chance to make the team last year and just struck out too much in a short time, just in a few at bats, he didn't hit much and he struck out too much. And he, I hate to say this, but he didn't have much defense at all. And with the, uh, advancement of Lucan Baker and Alec Burleson, there just wasn't a place for him anymore. So they DFA'd him and picked up a first baseman outfielder from the uh pirates, uh Alfonso Rivas. So he'll be coming in and uh we'll see what he can do. Uh well I can
0: I can tell you what he can do because he was a part of the Cubs uh in 2022. Yeah he gave them a lot of playing time. Playing first playing the outfield um he was overwhelmed okay then he went to pittsburgh last year and uh he actually started first base when max and i went to that game at pittsburgh Okay. and he's did not have much of a season and then he finished the year with san diego last year so he, he's bounced around a bit the dodgers picked him up over the winter and that's technically who uh uh, the Cardinals claimed him from the Dodgers, even though he never played for the Dodgers. Oh. Potential uh, could be a good bench guy. He can play some outfield. He can play some first. He could DH for you. He just hasn't put it together yet. Um, but the potential is there, and I think the Cardinals are looking at this like, okay, uh, we, we're going to we're, we're going to cut bait with uh, Gomez because the strikeouts are. Just not going to fix themselves. Rivas has some major league experience. Um, He's a good guy to have on the bench for you know. He's an older guy for you know, a young guy. He's an old guy for young. He's not twenty (laughs) two. He's in he's in his late twenties.
1: Okay, he'd be a good guy to have
0: on the bench. And I don't have anything. You know, he 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 hustled. He 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 was engaged. He Put in the work. It just wasn't clicking for him with the Cubs, and it didn't seem to be clicking with him with the other teams last year. So uh I hope he goes to the Cardinals and figure figures it out a bit, because uh, I I like the guy. I think i a nice guy. So.
1: And, you know, that's where we really got a stockpile of players, the outfield, first base, and DH. And like I said, with Baker and uh, Alec Burleson now, Um I don't know, you know, but you, there's injuries during the year and it's always good to have a bunch of guys you can call up to come in and play so we'll see what happens there um also you know uh there's uh I heard that uh Joe Buck would like to come in and uh do a broadcast or two with uh chip Carey kind of reuniting the uh the sons of the grandson of the old combination of Harry Carey and Jack Buck I think that would be great you yeah know? that
0: would be cool
1: that would be pretty darn cool and uh Joe Buck said he's open to that he would like to do that because Joe at one time for folks that didn't know he him he was on the team with Mike Shannon and Jack Buck and I read 16 years but I didn't remember it being that long but uh before he went to the network and started doing all the football games and and uh all the other sports uh he was with the Cardinals, so that would be great. I would like to see that. Uh, Bob Euchre, Who doesn't like Bob Euchre? Uecker? Bob Euchre is an old Cardinal, and he had a nice career. He always makes fun of himself and downplays himself, but he wasn't that bad of a player. Didn't put up big monster stats or nothing. He was a world champion, but he just celebrated his uh, 90th birthday, uh, January 26th. Uh, he was born in 1934. And, uh, you know, besides being a Cardinal and a baseball player, he was an actor, he did TV, he did movies, and he is the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, happy, bu- uh, happy, belated birthday, Bob Uecker. Love Bob Uecker. I went to Milwaukee last year. When you go out to the concession area or the bathrooms, they got his, you can hear him calling the game up there. And he's, you know, he's like uh, what Harry Carey was to Chicago and Jack Buck was to St. Louis up there in Milwaukee. Um, I tell you what spring training, I was going to talk about spring training. Cause we're just about two and a half weeks away. Vince, I don't, yeah, I know. I'm excited too. <laughs> the, I don't know if you heard about this though. They're going to have special games on March 14th through March 17th. And these games are going to be the top prospects. So say the Cardinals and Cubs, we, well, we're in Florida and you guys are in Arizona, but if we played each other. Uh, It would be your top 20, 25 prospects versus our top 20, 25 prospects in a double hitter. They would play the prospect game and then the regular game. I think that's great. The The Cardinals have two. We got two prospect games, the 14th and the 17th. Uh, I got it written down here, but my handwriting is so bad. Uh, Cardinals will be playing the Florida Marlins while we share the same facility down there. But it'd be great to see our top guys versus their top guys. And they're really going to, it's going to be really uh, good for the fans because they're going to be real accessible, signing autographs. Uh, You know, they're really going to feature them and talk them up. And I know people are excited about some of the top people uh, in their minors. The Cubs game will be against the White Sox. So that's going to be a lot of fun down there. And then the Cardinals, two days later, will play the Astros and also do the prospect game, that game. But they're, everybody's talking about the uh, Baltimore Orioles are going to play the Pittsburgh Pirates. And oh. Baltimore's, yeah, uh, Baltimore's got the number one prospect in Jackson Holiday, And the Pirates have the number three prospect. And I've got so many notes in here, I can't see his name in my notes. But, uh, oh oh, his name is Paul... Deans and he's a pitcher for Pittsburgh. So he's the number three prospect. So future you be... Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh, the minor league team of the Yankees. Or at least that's where they get their pitchers from. That is true. Man, Vince, man, you're on a roll tonight. Look out. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh this day in baseball. I was gonna do some this day in baseball. This is kind of a weird one, you know. It's, With the way we can communicate today, things are completely different. But 1919, on this date, the Cincinnati Reds hire a new manager named Pat Moran. Now, the interesting thing about this was uh, they tried to get a hold of their current manager, Christy Matheson, uh, a Hall of Famer, but he was was in the Army. He got uh, drafted, and he was in France, and they couldn't get a hold of him, so they just... They didn't know what to do, so they got hired another manager. <laughs> Pat Moran got to take over. How about that? And there's two birthdays. I always try to do a Cub birthday and a Cardinal birthday. the The first one is the Cub birthday. Uh, this player, uh, I, to me, I know him more as a manager. But Davey Johnson uh, was born in Orlando, Florida. He's 81 years old today, and he played for. Uh, Four teams, he played for the Orioles, the Braves, that's where I kind of knew him, the Phillies and the Cubs, and he finished his career with the Cubs, but one of the big highlights was he hit 43 home runs in 1973 for the Atlanta Braves, and that's where I kind of knew him from, but mostly I remember him from coaching the dreaded New York Mets in the uh, it was Whitey Ball versus Davey Johnson and those stinking Mets. So anyway...
0: The year that Johnson hit all those home runs, that was an anomaly. He never hit anywhere near that.
1: That is true. But yeah. they
0: had moved the fences in to help Aaron in his home run quest. <laughs> and Johnson really benefited from that.
1: <laughs> that Well, that makes perfect sense right there, yeah. But I remember that 43 home runs. I was like, wow, yeah. that was pretty impressive. Yeah, and- I remember getting, when I was a kid, I'd get his baseball card, and I'd look
0: at it, you know very very pedestrian of when you're 43 us. <laughs> good
1: Lord yes uh and the Cardinal I <clears throat> did not know this player to be honest with you born in 1925 uh, he's no longer with us his name was Brooks Lawrence um he was from uh Springfield Missouri uh he passed in 2000 he was a right-handed pitcher and he played with the Cardinals and the Reds and he his uh totals at the end of his career was 69 and 62. So uh, that's it for this day in baseball. But, Vince, I do have some statistics here, and it's kind of interesting. We've been talking about complete games and pitchers not going uh, as long in the game. Last year was the shortest average start per starting pitcher. It's the first time starters didn't go five innings. The average game, the starter didn't go five innings. Wow. So, so I was thinking, because I Ted Simmons was the one I heard an interview with say that, because he thinks – The average pitcher shouldn't be making these big contracts. It should be the bullpen guys because they, I mean, that's where the games are fought and won is with the bullpens, which the Cubs have a fantastic bullpen right now, it looks like. So, but uh, I was thinking about, what do you think about quality starts? And they consider quality starts six innings with three uh, runs or less, because even if you do pitch six innings and give up three runs, your team is still technically in the ball game. You leave in the sixth and in that worst, it's three to nothing. And your team still has a chance to win. Um, there's a stat. Last year, the Cardinals had this ho- horrible year. We were 71 and 91. But in games that we had a quality start, the Cardinals were 34-19. and And uh, we all know the stat where the Cardinals blew 28 save opportunities. So they were ahead late in the game and blew 28 games. And I always think if they had just won half of those games, we would have been right there with the other guys, you know, but uh, so quality starts. I will say this, the team that had the most quality starts last year was the Minnesota Twins. They had 76 quality starts. Of course, they've lost a lot of their starters now. And I'll just read off some of the top ones. And the Cubs are in the top ones. Uh, Padres, 75 quality starts. The uh, Seattle Mariners, 74. And the Cubs had 71. So that was the top four quality start teams, all teams. Very competitive last year, and his starting pitching was very good. The Cardinals were 27th. We only had 48 quality starts. And the reason I bring this up is we have these new pitchers. People say they're old. What are the Cardinals doing? We bring in all this experience. But last year, Lance Lynn had 17. Uh, Kyle Gibson had 19. And Sonny Gray had 18. And last year, if you put Wayno, Levatore, Woodford, uh, Dakota Hudson, and there was one more guy in here. I can't read his name, but all five of those guys only had 16 quality starts combined. So each year things can happen. It can go different, but a quality start. Vince, what do you think about that? Just, if you could just expect six innings, get three starts, save your bullpen. And maybe, you know, if that, I, I think that might be a strategy instead of complete games anymore, but a quality start.
0: Yeah. And I think the drop of quality starts is because, um, there's so many managers who just will not let a lot of their pitchers hit that third time through the lineup. They're, they just won't. Uh, was it uh Blake Snell in the World Series a few years ago? Was throwing oh, a gem, yes. and they took they took him out. And him out. It, it, it's uh, it's just the way the modern game is. But I guess if I was managing or pitching coach I you know it, it'd be my deal you know try to give us 6 innings keep six the runs innings. down you know uh so yeah, the the day of the complete game as much as i would like to see it and i think it could be done with the right pitcher if he's if he's got the talent and has been uh paced taught how to pace himself i still think there's uh great value in having a pitcher complete five six seven games a year um but we just that's just not the pitching philosophy anymore. the philosophy is go out there give it all you got till you run out of gas and if that's the fourth inning thank you but I I kind of agree with Simmons. You know, why are we paying these starters all this money, unless you're a guy like Garrett Cole or right? Or, or
1: your uh, guy Steel, that pitcher you guys have steel, He he seems like he he's going strong in the fifth and sixth inning still. Yeah.
0: It, other than that, you know, I pay the bullpens because that's where the games. He's right. That's where the games are won and lost for the most part.
1: Oh yeah, I have the top ten. Uh quality start pitchers in the history of the game. This is kind of interesting to see because you always know wins, Cy Young strikeouts, Nolan Ryan, but quality starts guys that kept their teams in the games. You're going to hear a lot of hall of fame names in here. The guy, the pitcher with the most quality starts in the history of the game is Don Sutton. I like Don Sutton. I wouldn't have thought Don Sutton, mm-hmm. but he had 483 quality starts in his career and a 282 wins and 98 losses. He did play for some good teams, too. He was on the Dodgers, and they always were pretty good. He played for some other teams, too. I know the Brewers, he was on there. But the Brewers were good when he went over there. Uh, the second most quality starts is Nolan Ryan. You know, Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young. He just struck everybody out and put fear in every batter that ever come up against him. But he had 481 uh, quality starts. Uh, Greg Maddox, third all-time in quality starts. Fourth is Roger Clemens with 465. Fifth is Tom Seaver with uh, 454. Gaylord Perry, 453. Steve Carlton, 447. And Vince, I think of that uh, Maddox as a Cub and Carlton as a Cardinal, and that was two guys both teams should have (laughs) kept. If we could have just kept them. Oh, but I still... Those Maddox years with the Cubs were fantastic. Of course, he was one of the all-time greats. And Steve Carlton, I still can't believe we let him go for a few dollars, a couple thousand dollars. The Cardinals got into it with him. Oh, Phil Nikro, 442. Tom Glavin, 436. So the Maddox and Glavin, no wonder those Braves teams are so tough to beat. They were always putting up quality starts. And the final one was Tommy John, the 10th best, uh, most quality starts with 431. So anyway, I was just going to talk about quality starts, and that's a big part of the game. And if you can get quality starts, your team's always got a chance because last year, our pitching just fell apart and it bled into our bullpen. And we just didn't even have competitive games. You know, most a lot of times we just didn't even put quality, uh, competitive games. So this year, maybe things will be different. If we just have some pitching, I think our offense is just good enough. We could be competitive. That's what I'm looking for this year.
0: You know who always has a quality start? Every single time, Jeremy Conner. Jeremy Conner, yes. (laughs) Comes a time in every man's life when he needs some advice on relationships. You need to listen to the podcast DMDR, which stands for Dating, Marriage, Divorce, Remarriage, from my good friend, Jeremy Connor, the Dr. Phil of the Mood Hill. You can find DMDR on Spotify or whatever platform you choose to listen to your podcast. We have a special guest today. We have Brent Kohlenberger. Brent and I have known each other for, golly, almost 30 years now.
2: Yeah. Hard to believe.
0: Yeah, especially being I'm 28 years old. That's what's really hard <laughs> to believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're so, looking great. <laughs> I I feel terrible. <laughs> I'm I'm 57 now. I feel every bit of 70. So oh, something I'm just thrown over there. Yeah. So anyway, uh what we do when we have a guest, the first thing we ask is tell us how you became a baseball fan and what team you root for.
2: Well, uh growing up in this area, so uh cardinal fan although i guess that didn't find its way to you uh, <laughs> even though you were from the area as well but um yeah i mean i just uh, i had a knack you know baseball part of my family i think my grandfather actually helped start the marissa Corey league bounded so uh rich baseball history and family uh yeah just just that was my that was my sport uh, that i was best at so uh just kind of naturally came into me, I guess, uh, through family. But yeah, uh, Cardinal fan in, in this area.
0: And before we get into uh, what we're going to talk about, vintage baseball—two words, baseball. Correct. Uh, we'll get into that, uh, you are—you were a very good athlete in high school. You played baseball and you were a pitcher, and you—I guess—blew your arm out at a very young age.
2: Uh, That's correct. Uh, I guess it it was during my junior, or at the end of my junior season. Uh, Long story, but uh, basically I had a broken finger, pushed, uh, came into the season uh, halfway through, was trying to kind of catch up and trying to overthrow the ball and screwed up my shoulder. Uh, So yeah, kind of destroyed what was once a promising uh, potential, we'll say. You, you never know where you gonna end up yeah
0: well very good well you play vintage baseball uh for the bell, bell stags
1: that's great. Oh, stags yeah tell, all right
0: tell us what vintage baseball two words baseball is
2: well okay so think war reenactors you're familiar with war reenactors uh, who, who show up somewhere and then they, they kind of teach people what it was like uh, uh, in the Revolutionary War or something like that. Well, we kind of do it. Um, you know, we, we're teaching people what what baseball was like when it was formulated because everything has to start somewhere. Um, and baseball didn't just happen the way it is now. You know, over time, it's very organic, and they added rules along the way. Uh, but when we, you know, in the years that we represent, which is the 1860 time frame, uh, there were no gloves, so we all play with with bare hands, uh, and that that was kind of a, a unique sort of involved in it. Uh, a friend of mine and a coworker of his, they were they were going to formulate this thing. They had, they had uh, talked about getting a team together and had seen something about it, and he asked me if I'd be interested. And you know, I was just kind of figuring, well, you know, I'll, I'll humor him a little bit here, and and I told him, sure, I'm in. You know, honestly, never really thought it would get underway, and then all of a sudden he said, hey, it's, uh, we're ready to go, and I remember kind of thinking, oh crap, I'm gonna break a finger. <laughs> I I showed up, and one thing I realized right away, with no disrespect to my teammates whatsoever, is uh, a lot of those guys didn't play at the level that i played at and every one, every single one of us was past our prime for sure um and i thought wow who's gonna who's gonna play third base because they're gonna hit some rockets down there and we're gonna have guys trying to feel barehanded and i just felt like well i don't really want to do this but play third base and and that's kind of been my spot and right now it's saying my okay. It was saying my internet was unstable, so hopefully you're still getting me here. But, but that's kind of how I came into it. Uh, I showed up and thought I better play third base because I'm not sure anybody else can play the hot corner here. Um, it, it's no small task to field balls uh, barehanded. <laughs> Describe the ball because
0: it's not the baseball that we're using today.
2: I, I'm really, I'm really disappointed because. The first year we got some fielding award, and they gave me a baseball with with some writing on it, and I can't find the doggone thing. I'm not sure where I put it, but I was going to show it to you. But uh, it, it's basically it's it's maybe just a little bit bigger than a modern ball. The stitching on it uh, is not raised like a modern ball. Uh, if it was, it'd cut your hand up, you know, when you're fielding it. Um, so so that's one good one good thing about that box, it's it's kind of been every bit as hard as a modern ball. Now, it, it'll soften up if you beat it up a while, but uh, generally, we play with a new ball uh, right out of the box in a lot of these games that we play, so uh, it's not a whole lot different than a modern ball. You just kind of figure out how to catch uh, barehanded. It, I don't know really how to describe it, but um. I do find that that if you're if you're catching it in the fingertip, you don't want to catch it on the fingertips. But if you're, you know, using your fingers as a web uh, to have a tough time, because the trajectory of the, of the of the ball makes a big difference. If you're trying to catch it on the fly, uh, a really high one coming down, you know, that that's hits your hand. It'll bounce out of there, you know, just because you've got a lot of force coming down with gravity and all. We've got one outfielder. He does a real good job. He'll just he'll cup. He'll take one of his hands and form a cup like this, and then use the other one to just kind of wrap it around the ball as it comes in. Not everybody does that, but he's pretty good at that. But everybody kind of has their own style that works Um, in sixty that I can explain to you that are that are different from the modern game. uh, That it's kind of like learning a new card game when you first start out, you're always thinking like, okay, what am I allowed to do here? You know, uh, running the bases is tough because, uh, if the ball, if you catch the ball on one hop, one bound, it's an out. Um, but if a guy hits, if you're running the bases, uh, and the ball hits the ground, you can advance, but if he catches on the fly, you have to return to the bag he could technically double you really tough when, especially if there's a soft kind of a soft line drive to an infielder and yeah. you're thinking, Oh, Oh, should I go? Should I stay? And and then the ball, he lets it bounce and you think I've got to run. He catches it on one hop. Well, the, the hitter is immediately out or the striker is they what they call the hitter. The striker is immediately, immediately out. Cause he caught it on one bound. Well, you can technically return to the bag that you were just at, but your instincts, because of the modern rules, tell you I got to go. Yeah. And it come, it becomes a tag play at that time. Uh, so they still have to tag you out then. If it's if it's two bounds, then it, then the force is in play. If it's one bound, they have to tag. So it's really strange like that. You're wow. always thinking uh, yeah. when you first start out, like what do I do? What do I, you know? It, it's a, it's frustrating. Now it's it's uh second nature. But when I first started, I was a mess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I.
2: Go
1: ahead, JJ. I went on your website, the uh, Belleville Stags. Go Stags. Huzzah!
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I loved it. And I love, first of all, the vintage uniforms, the vintage. uh, There was a man with a top hat and a vest. I'm not sure. Was he the manager? Is that who that was?
2: Uh, I don't remember whose pictures on there, to be honest. You Uh, had
1: some black and white teen pictures like the old days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but one thing I noticed, I didn't see a home run wall or marker. Uh,
2: Generally, we play on all grass fields because I mean, you have to think back. You know, you're talking Civil War era, era formative years. You know, they're just they're just finding a pitch of of, of grass to play on. You know, they they haven't uh, you know lined you know done you know or uh, made dirt. You know, they might wear out some some pass eventually, but. But really, is just played on grass, and and as a vintage baseball player, you appreciate that grass because when somebody hits a hot shot at you, you'll be surprised at how much sting that grass will take out of the ball. What I don't like is when we play at fields that are modern fields where the where there's dirt, that ball really moves on those, and it's a lot harder to grab that that line drive on the on the ground when a, when somebody hits a hot shot. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's all usually just a grass field uh generally no fences you might have one but uh you know with the exception I think one time we played it at, at the uh where the Grizzlies play in Sojay oh, yes. Illinois uh we played in their stadium of course there and there was a wall there none of us could reach it but <laughs> it was there
0: <laughs> now the, the pitcher throws underhand the object is not to strike out it's to let the striker hit the ball exactly
2: uh I think I think back in those days um you know they they encouraged them to to basically put it where the striker wants it. now they try and put it right here you know but but uh you know there there is an element of competition it's it's not fierce uh, it's more uh camaraderie gentlemanly play i've got a good story about the gentlemanly play too by the way so i'll have to get back to that but uh uh but yeah they they generally just laid in there um They don't put the loft like like in slow pitch softball. There isn't that big arc that you see uh, the pitcher do. They're really uh, they lay it in there more than anything uh, pace. Uh, Not like a not like a fast pitch softball pitcher, but but just sling it a little bit more, you know. Uh, So so there's not everybody pitches the same, but it is one it is underhanded um, for sure. Makes it a lot easier for for those of us who are who are just trying to play out our years and have fun, <laughs> but that's, that's how they did it. So, you know, it's not, we're not changing anything. Uh That was the way it was.
1: I looked yeah. at your schedule and uh I see you're going to play at Bush stadium this year. Is is that correct? You're going to play at Bush stadium. And uh I was just wondering how many teams are Bush your-
2: stadium. I don't know about that one. Oh, really? Uh, I thought I said Bush stadium on the schedule. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We, play, we played, we played quite a bit under the arch um oh okay it, that field and that's a lot of that's a lot of fun playing there you get a lot of foot traffic coming by uh because oh. you know it is our our quest to teach people about the formative years of, of baseball and uh and so they catch on to a lot of the lingo they hear us yell on huzzah a lot um and you know you'll hear this the striker is out on the bound you'll hear a lot of that um there is an arbiter not an umpire. The umpire is the arbiter and he's mainly there just to call fair, fair ball or foul ball. Um, if there's a, something that can't be agreed upon by the fielder and runner, they might appeal to the arbiter to ask him what his call is. Uh, so the arbiter is more of a figurehead of respect. Uh, but doesn't, there's no balls and strikes that are called, um, and a strike incidentally, a foul ball. That sometimes, uh, a weak foul ball uh, is not a strike. Only a swing and a miss is considered a strike. So you can stand up there and foul the ball off quite a bit, and you'll never, you'll never get an actual strike unless you whiff <laughs> and don't hit anything. So that's an interesting aspect of the game as well. Pretty cool. Um, but, but yeah, the 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 catcher is called the behind. So, so you, I, you were a,
0: behind when I, you were growing I, up. I was.
2: I
1: was perfect for that. I have another
2: kind of behind. foul <laughs> ticks the ball. The the behind who plays a, a little bit behind where the, a modern catcher would, would play. Uh, he can catch that ball on on one bound and, and record a put out. Um, or or actually put out in vintage baseball is called a hand. So you'll hear you'll hear an arbiter yelling, uh two hands, and that's the equivalent of two outs uh in the modern year. Okay. So the lingo is you, know, you you see trying to figure out what's going on. Um you can overrun first base, but you're eligible to be tagged out if you do. Oh, okay. So, okay. so you see everybody's trying to stick. The bag so they slow down a little bit before they get to to the bag which helps the fielder who's trying to throw to a barehanded first baseman who you know so he's trying to secure the ball so that kind of helps the fielders out a little bit knowing that that guy has to stick the bag and if he doesn't you know you can tag him out now played for a really long time lots of pulled hamstrings can occur that way oh yeah I bet so Um, because you're stopping so suddenly yeah
0: now is is this like a a tight league or is it mostly just independent doing exhibition type things?
2: Now, okay, so it depends really on the region. So Tennessee, I think that I think the state of Tennessee has their own uh, association, might be a little more structured with some leagues and stuff. In our in our region, it's more of a conglomeration. Uh, you don't have uh, any together with the various teams from the from the cities that have have teams probably go in illinois we go as far south as uh, murfreesboro um and some of these teams over time have finally splintered it's just hard uh to maintain a team especially in a a smaller locale like murfreesboro but but they're hanging in there um belleville has one one obviously uh springfield springfield Decatur they merged their team uh, so they have one and they actually play by the rules of 1850. You have to go in and find out uh, what the house rules are uh, at the particular place that you're playing uh, Vermilion County in Illinois near Danville. Uh, they've got a team, St. Louis. Uh, they've got a team at Lafayette, Lafayette square and Lafayette park. Um, there's a team, St. Louis Brown stockings from out in Kirkwood. Uh, so you know, I'm trying to remember. Where everybody's at but but yeah so we you know we, we find a way to play and sometimes we'll take a road trip we got to play on field of dreams uh up in uh in iowa that was fun uh that was that was an interesting but uh yeah field of dreams was neat the only the only nuance to the field of dreams that i remember uh being a little bit odd when they made the movie they moved the power lines that went over the field they they rerouted them so they could make the movie but they put them back when the movie was done So there's these power lines that go right over the field at the Field of Dreams. Um, So I'm standing there ready to catch a a pop-up at third, and and then I'll say we'll record a a hand on that because the power line got in the way. It's like playing a
1: Tropicana uh, field.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, that that field might have been better than Tropicana. (laughs) I think you're right. (laughs) <laughs> i
1: think you're right is there <laughs> i is there any i i saw some of the name the squirrely nine i saw that name
2: okay so that's the team that i referenced in springfield so oh. decatur uh, their team um was the the rock springs ground squirrels and then springfield what the team they we call them the squirrely nine because because they merged teams <laughs> so that was that's how that name came oh, about oh i see yeah, yeah. Do, do now, we, a lot of people don't realize we're named after. Uh, there was a professional minor league team in Belleville uh, that was owned by uh, the owner's last name was Grezedick. He was part of the beer enterprise, and uh, and and so they were the Belleville Grezedick Stags, and and uh, and they were at an Offenberg dealership down there uh, near the South Beltline in Belleville, and and. Where that offenberg dealership was was where somewhere there was where the field sat it's not there anymore but but uh so we we named the stags after you know in in homage to uh that that professional team that once played in uh, back in like 1947 to 49 or something like that or 49 to 51 somewhere around there but uh yeah that so that's why we're the the belleville stags try and get a a little history now, I, I was gonna ask you,
0: how many years have you been playing now?
2: Oh man, uh it's gotta be around a decade, I think. Um, I can't remember exact I, I feel like it was probably I don't know if we celebrated ten years last season, but it's been about yeah, you know, it's gotta be about a decade now. Uh which is part of the reason why it's hard to and, you know, at the time we started, maybe our kids we didn't either either didn't have kids or they were just really young. Well, now uh, they're they're tearing us away on on some of those uh, those weekends when we're playing ball, and so you have to try and find new people to to come in, and and it's it's hard. You don't want to get really young guys. The reason is young guys they're too competitive, they're too fiery, they have a hard time backing it down to the the gentlemanly aspect the camaraderie that that exists in the vintage game and they forget that that's really kind of why it's always the young guys that are the ones blowing up it's never the old timers <laughs>
0: well but uh looking at some of the pictures there's some there's some guys that look like they're getting up there pretty good
2: Age oh one. yeah yeah uh, they're there we've got a guy on our team he's over 70 right. um, and yeah yeah and there's a, there was a guy uh uh may rest in peace a, a guy who looked just like his nickname we all have nicknames by the way I'm stir fry so you're calling me Brent, but my name is stir fry for this but uh but this guy's nickname was Uncle Jesse cuz he looked just like uh Uncle Jesse from Dukes of Hazard
1: he looked Pile. just like
2: him Yeah and uh and he was phenomenal he would he would road trip he came and played with us under the arch and played with is we went to French Lick, Indiana, uh, that has real great historic hotel there. And, and we played it. That's actually, uh, the Cubs, uh, I believe Vince, uh, I believe they had their spring training there, uh, as did the Cardinals at one time. So, so various way back, uh, would host spring training for some of these clubs. And, uh, and so we get to play there and, and a lot of people come to that, uh, go to that hotel and watch us play. And, and Uncle Jesse was one of the guys who came and played with us there. And uh, he, his health took a turn. And I don't remember even what happened, but he recently passed away. I was a real bummer in our vintage baseball community. He was from down in Tennessee. He was a great guy. Yeah. Hmm. So it's it's a shame when you find, when you see stories like that. But some of these guys, you know, there's one guy I know who who uh, I wasn't at the game or building and, uh, it's sad, but then you kind of go, well, he, he did doing it, what he loved, you know, I mean, uh, he went out doing what he loved. So, uh, there's, there's a salvific, uh, aspect to baseball, to the game of baseball just playing it, uh, you, you really do. Even, even at an old age, you feel all the aches and pains, but you, there's just something in the blood, you know, when you play it, uh, that makes you, makes you feel like you're alive, you know, uh. Yeah. So, so we all, we all do enjoy doing, and we won't be able to do it forever. You know, I'm realizing it's fun. Uh,
1: I was noticing your, uh, hat and your Jersey. And, uh, yes. where do you, uh, is, is, do you have a seamstress that make, oh, I love it. <laughs> is that bad to the bone or what? I love that. Who is, is there a place that you can go buy these uniforms? Or do you have a uh, there, there is
2: a, there is a manufacturer of these things, you know, uh, you know so i don't know who it is uh i know the the uniforms are pretty expensive um so and you get kind of a bulk discount so whenever we we order it's like new players come on the team and and purchases a uniform we try and kind of uh you know get six to ten at a time or something because it's a little cheaper that way they look uh, comfortable but
1: they look like they're cotton and in the summertime that's probably pretty hot
2: isn't it uh these aren't too bad um they they look more authentic than they actually are. <laughs> okay. They're not wool, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they they, they breathe okay. All right. uh, but yeah, I mean, we've had some days. We've had some days. But you know, I remember playing. You know, yeah, you you do what you can to survive. You Bring a lot of water. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, a lot of water. But yeah, Wait. I mean, go ahead.
0: I was, I was gonna go ahead and finish.
2: Tell your story. Uh, you were going. What's tell- that?
0: You're going oh, no, i was just gonna say
2: that uh, you know you can get all kinds of, of conditions because we'll start generally start up uh, early April a lot of the time and then play all through into you know through October um now we don't play as many dates as we once did just because it's it's gotten hard throughout the season so uh, yeah you, you you can find all kinds of different weather uh, to play in. We play we've played in rain. Got to be a little careful because, uh, you know, the, holding on to the bats, those wooden bats with, with uh, slippery hands. You're not because nobody wears batting gloves. You try and you try and be as authentic as you can. They didn't use batting gloves back then. So uh, harder to hold on to the equipment sometimes. Yeah.
0: Before we go, where can people find information on the stags?
2: Well, I think that website was uh, www.bstags.com. S-T-A-G-S, just one one G in there. b B-stag, b-stags.com, and I think we have a Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook site. You probably looked at it more than I have, Vince. Uh, <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, <laughs> I follow it. So, um,
2: but uh, baseball on Facebook, you're probably going to find some some mention some, some site that, you know, there's different ones. Uh, I used to reference them a little more when I was trying to learn the game. And sometimes I'd have a question and you don't want to kick me out just yet. I got a couple of stories for it. So, (laughs) um, so, you know, sometimes something crosses your mind. And I remember the first season when I was playing, I was saying, well, the infield fly rule, like when did that come about? And so I researched it and I was like, it was, it's like in the 1890s. I'm like, well, what are this, that rule? So I was waiting all season for this to happen. I thought if this if a guy pops one up to me with first and second, I'm letting that sucker drop, and I'm going to get the double play. And, and, I mean, I've been waiting all season. We're in, we're in the last day of our games, and, and it happens. And while that ball is in the air, and I'd even told everybody on my team, like, hey, just be ready for this because, you know, the infield fly wasn't around. So the ball's in the air, and I'm you know, playing it cool and everything. I don't want to tip tip off what I'm about to do. And the ball's coming down, and I just kind of lay it down. Like, I, I, I catch it, but I don't catch it. I just lay it down so it doesn't bound away. And as soon as – it was obvious that I was purposely letting the ball hit the ground because I wanted to go step on third and then throw to, to second for a double play. And, I mean, as soon as I let that ball lay on the ground, the entire bench and the other team, they jump up and they point and go – that's ungentlemanly, <laughs> and I and I'm yelling. I thought I was being smart, <laughs> but but uh, I learned the gentlemanly aspect of the game is I guess you don't just because you can. But I guess that was the competitor in me coming out. Uh, and the other thing I mentioned before was the nicknames. So I, we can't get out of here without me telling you how I got my nickname. Yeah, I want to hear this. <laughs> the <laughs> The first game we were ever going to play as a, as a club uh, was under the arch. And, again, nobody – we're all trying to, like, learn the rules and things like that. So that was a tough place to be on display when we really didn't know what we were doing. Uh, but I couldn't make it to the first game because my wife had signed us up for cooking class uh, down at the Missouri Botanical Gardens. And so I was able to make it to game two, but I had to go to that Chinese cooking class. So I, I show up at the at the second game. I get there, and, and our coach says, "Oh, here comes egg roll." And I said, "We didn't make egg rolls. We made stir fry." And he says, "Stir fry," <laughs> and that was how the nickname was born. So up till that point, I was just going to be Coley, uh, but I, it never took. Before I got to game one, I was stir fry. So stir fry. <laughs> stir fries <laughs> a lot better i like it good nickname so and everybody a lot of people even your own teammates if you don't see them a lot they just know you know me as stir fry they don't know don't some of them don't know my real name so yeah but we're always uh we you know if any of you guys ever want to want to find a uniform and come join us we we love to uh that's another, another thing is it it's not just a matter of watching. Some people just want to play, you know, and they say, you know, I think I could do that. I've had friends who say, oh, no, I'm too, I'm, I can't do that. I'm too old. And I'm like, you haven't seen us. <laughs> <laughs> We're feet? bases. They're still a long way, so don't go crazy, you know. But uh, once people realize that this is all in good fun and it's just a good way to go out and play the game, uh, some people really take a liking to it. Uh, and and actually play the game. And those who don't want to play, sometimes they just enjoy watching uh, and learning uh, the the formative rules that existed back in the 1860s. And a lot of that, I think, I think the Civil War probably helped uh, spread baseball. A lot of people forget that. I, I don't know that that anybody ever truly said, "Oh well, that these soldiers got together and probably taught other soldiers and and." Uh, bottom line is it spread and it kept evolving and the rules uh, kept getting tweaked a little bit and then guys started wearing gloves. And, and so it's just been, you know, sometimes we have played uh, a couple of games where we're some old time kind of leather gloves, we you know, and and so you say, okay, we're playing by the rules of, I can't remember what, what year that is, but, but in that time they were, they were throwing overhand, but you didn't have a catcher who had a catcher's mitt. So it's not like the pitcher could, Bust one in on you know real fast because his catcher had to make the catch. So uh, interesting game, hitting an overhand pitch, but it was more junk than it was fastballs because they couldn't throw very hard. So yeah, you just kind of picked up different nuances of, of, of how the rules evolved over time, and and uh, it's been real educational for me. I never even considered it until I started playing playing this uh, version of baseball, and and now I'm I enjoy kind of educating people on that stuff. There's a whole lingo that goes. Goes with this stuff. I mean, you see, if you see a uh, the word huzza anywhere, it's like, oh, we just say that all the time because that was, of course, what you said. And so we introduce ourselves before the games and after the games, and then everybody we give three huzzas for the other team. Hip hip huzza! Hip hip huzza! You know, do all that. So it, it's kind of a show, you know. Anyone who wants to come out and see a vintage baseball show, come on out. We'll treat you well.
0: The schedule is on the website. Uh, We do need to wrap this up. But Brent, thank you for coming on. Very interesting. Stir fry. Uh,
2: Yeah, that's right. Stir stir fry. fry.
0: That's going to be your name from now on. (laughs) So, uh, but thank you for coming on. Uh, We appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, you're back. Okay. (laughs) You froze up for a minute. So, but anyway, uh, thank you for coming on and I will see you down the road.
2: Yeah. 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 and if you ever need to do a part two, if you think of something that you uh that you forgot, just let me know and I'll be on time next time. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Have thank a good you. one. See you guys. Nice talking.
0: All right. Uh thank you, Brett, for coming on. Uh, great job. Um, yeah, you know, he's talking about, you know, if you want to come out and watch, you know, there's people who want to play. I don't know if I want to play. I I I I would like to be the Arbiter. That sounds like a very you would be a good art. Uh, yeah, you would be good at that. Yeah. And I was thinking about this. I I understand playing third base is a hot corner and stuff like that. Um, and I understand that, you know, the catcher, the pitcher is throwing kind of underhanded, so it's not that hard. The catcher can catch the ball, you know. Um what would scare the heck out of me is to be a third baseman because you're gonna want to whip that ball fast to the first baseman to get a runner out, and you're barehanded. So I wish I would have thought about asking him that at the time. But uh, when he got off here, I thought, "Man, how'd you like to be the first baseman?"
1: No, thank you. <laughs> oh. Maybe b- bounce him over there. Hit let him hit that grass and let him be a goalie over there.
0: You know what? I'm excited about JJ
1: baseball cards.
0: Yes, and I have another one of these minor league deals. Ooh, Ooh, they're the, trans- ghost, they're the ghost package. <laughs> I, I have, just, I, I should saw. turn off my green screen if I'm not going to use it, but anyway, go ahead.
1: Oh, I like it. 2023, uh, series one with the Seattle Mariner center fielder on the front. I'll be seeing good. There. Yeah, I wish we had him. Yes, he's very good. Yeah, if they put you on the on the video game or the pack of baseball cards, uh they're they're counting on you. You well, want to go first, Vince?
0: Yeah, let's see if any of these guys made anything of themselves. All right. We have Cedar Rapids pitcher Steve McCarthy. No going. Oh. Looks good in the
1: uniform, though. Squared away.
0: I I don't know who this guy is, but I love his name. Outfielder for Pittsfield. Chris Butterfield.
1: Chris Butterfield. I like that name. Yeah. Stir fry.
0: <laughs> Williamsport pitcher, Keith Help. Keith Helton, excuse me. I don't know uh, him.
1: Todd's brother?
0: I, let's say that. Elizabeth Ten, the first baseman, Steve Dunn. He's finished. <laughs> All right, from St. Louis, Missouri, hey. playing for the new, playing for New Britain, third baseman Scott Cooper.
1: Yes, Scott Cooper got him from the Red Sox.
0: Is he ever at any of those card signing shows? No, not not. Uh,
1: I've never seen him there.
0: If you ever see him there, let me know, and I'll give you this card, and you can have him sign it because I bet he'd be thrilled to sign his minor
1: league. Oh yeah, he, now I'm a member of the uh, Hall of Fame Cardinal Hall of Fame and they have every Saturday game they have a signing. They haven't put the list out yet, but I'll I'll check it out and get back to you.
0: Cool. From Ken Akron, first baseman Troy Neal. Is that Billy. Oh, I don't know who this guy is, but I love his first name from Winter Haven first baseman Vincent some Italian guy. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Uh Elizabeth first or pitcher, Tom Needon.
1: Pure? Did they leave the uh, fear, a fear, fear there? on that?
0: All right. Um uh, from Gastonia, pitcher Jim H oh. V I Z D A looks
1: th- like he, It looks like on that card he's trying to pronounce his own name.
0: And from Bluefield, we have infielder Manny Alexander.
1: Manny Alexander. Scott Cooper. Very happy to get this one. Yeah, very good. I'll keep an eye out for him. Speaking of baseball card uh, shows, this Sunday, Revis Barracks, they're having a signing, and uh, our buddy Phil Brooks will be there with all of his stuff. But uh, they got two football players, One of the football players played for the Packers, and now he plays for the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks. So he'll he'll be there. And uh, Ram uh, Grant Winstrom, Grant
0: Grant Winstrom, yeah. Yeah,
1: he's going to be there. And the three baseball players, I can remember two of them right now, Glenn Hubbard, the old Atlanta Brave player, and Wally Backman. And uh, so both of them are going to be there. And I can't remember the third players who's going to be there, but both of those players are going to be there this weekend and uh so come on up it'll be a good time uh first of all i got two cards i was looking through my collection i'm gonna show um upper deck uh was a a set of cards that would come out Uh, i don't know how many years they were around but i've got the 1989 very coveted king griffey jr 1989 rookie card right there look at that and also the 1990 upper deck uh king griffey jr so there's grip there's the kid as they called them in Seattle, uh, early Ken Griffey, Upper Deck. Upper Deck was known for their photography, great photography, and quality of their cards. So um, anyway, that's Ken Griffey Jr. Little side note, I was in Seattle in the Navy, and when he would come up to bat his first year, uh, MC Hammer had a song, You Can't Touch This. And when he would come up, his walk-up song was, I Can Hit This. They would play that. They would say, I can hit this. That's pretty cool. Well, here's my cards. Uh, San Francisco Giant, now a Yankee, Carlos Rondon. I know a lot of Cardinal Uh, fans wanted us to get him. Uh, Great pitcher, but last year he was hurt quite a bit of the year. So that's him. Uh, Boy, I will. Coran, last name Coran. I don't know this guy. He's a Texas Ranger. Uh, I can't say his name, but uh, that's a good picture right there. Oh, um, one of the young Baltimore Oriole players. They've got a whole uh, stack of young superstar players. Ryan Mountcastle, right there. Yeah, he's a good they're, one. They're going to be. They're going to be tough. Uh, Jeter Downs. Do not know this guy. Boston Red Sox.
0: Yeah, he uh, named after Derek Jeter, and I. I think I saw in the waiver wire or the uh, transaction wire that he was DFA.
1: So. Oh, okay. They always put a star of the MLB and uh Julio Rodriguez, who's also on the front of the baseball card. There, there you go. T- taking a swing. Nice. Uh Michael Givens from the New York Mets, the Metropolitans, right there. Uh I also have uh Gavin Sheets from the uh the South Side.
0: Yeah,
1: the White Sox right there. Manuel Margot, Tampa Bay, right there. Yeah. Uh, let's see a team card right here. The Detroit Tigers. It'll mm-hmm. be weird watching them this year without Cabrera. There he is yeah, on the front but, of the team card.
0: Boy, when when we played them, they they impressed me. They're I I, I can see them winning that Central.
1: It's gonna be fun. It'd be uh, good to yeah, see Detroit no. good again. Yeah, they had a couple of down years, and they've got a bunch of young kids too. Yeah, make um, them
0: forget about the football team. Oh, oh, oh so, yes. I know one Detroit Tigers fan, uh, or Detroit Lions fan. Our our mutual friend Tom Brown, and as that second half unfolded, I thought, uh, I know what Tom Brown's going through because I went through that with the two thousand three Cubs. I went through that with the eighty four Cubs. I've been through meltdowns. I know what he's going through, but
1: oh yeah. I parked right behind him Monday night and he had the the lion emblem on his trunk right oh. there. Uh Cleveland uh Guardians. I almost said Indians again. Cleveland Guardians doing some celebrating there. There We've we got go. The, the Cardinal team card. There we are. One of our 71 wins last year, right there. <laughs> uh let's see. Team, this is uh, RBI leaders. Now, remember, this is the 2023 card, so it's the statistics from 2022. But the three people on it are Alonzo, Lindor, and Goldschmidt, the top RBI guys in the National League that year. Mm-hmm. I like those kind of cards where they have all the players.
0: Oh, I always loved getting those and looking at this. The top 10 RBI guys, the top 10 stolen base guys. Yeah, was, oh. That was
1: really cool. Well, Tony Pruno, a friend of the show, has those big old frames with all the league leaders all the way back. So that that's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, my final card is usually it's a, uh, a, a New York Met Mark Cannon. Cannon right there, a sideways card. So anyway, that's my pack right there for this week.
0: All righty. Uh, well, JJ, I hope you have a good week.
1: You too, sir.
0: I, I hope we have as much uh action going on with the uh trades and uh signings. Uh
1: we got the Boris Four still out there.
0: Yep, and, and spring training is right around the corner. Oh, so yeah. Good times. Good times. And wanna congratulate the Chiefs uh for going to the Super Bowl again. See. I do want to say this. Whenever the St. Louis football Cardinals were in town, I was a football Cardinals fan. Me too. The year that they moved to Arizona, I moved to Kansas City, and so i I've been a Chiefs fan since 1988. So it's it's very cheap. Everybody's Chiefs fans now, but uh, for for people who've been Chiefs fans for a long time. To have this incredible run, going to our fourth Super Bowl in what five or six years, it's just incredible. So, um, I did not think we were going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Suddenly, mm-hmm. we're there. So, God bless Taylor Swift and all her Swifties for for helping us out there. So, so anyway, JJ, you have a good one, and I will see you next week. Okay, see you next week. All right.